0: To to factor (laughs) identify um two three oh two oh four eight. yes, this
1: is what it sounds like every week.
0: (laughs) Um okay. Great. Great, let's go.
1: Do you have the fun paper now?
0: Yes. Yes, I do. And I have my email closed, so it won't ding.
1: (laughs) I should probably make sure my phone's on silent so the office theme doesn't break out. I
0: have to set mine on silent because the Slack will light me up.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Okie dokie. We'll see if we get any thunder background noise here. Oh, we
0: definitely will. It's super impressive outside.:
1: Yeah, it has rained buckets and buckets again.
0: We um, ours stopped. It was not it was not um as violent as it was supposed to be, so that was sort of disappointing. But um, it was red sky at night, hardcore. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. I just sent you a picture of Hazel with the double rainbow. And I got a video of a lightning bolt piercing that double rainbow. It was pretty awesome.
1: Oh, cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it just came in. Yeah, we didn't really get anything that cool. Uh, That's awesome.
0: I know. She's already got a rainbow shirt on. I didn't even notice that.
1: Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just been getting dumped on. Nothing quite so cool. Mm. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's do this thing. Let's do it.
0: 90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information. But don't panic. It's not an exact science.
1: Hey, Shannon, how are you?
0: Pretty good. How are you doing?
1: Not too bad.
0: You know what had happened twice this week? Someone said, you know, geology is not an exact science. (laughs) (laughs) Two different people in two totally different instances on two different days. And I was like, oh, is it not?
1: (laughs) Now, were these people trying to get out of uh, incorrect answers in your field camp? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Now, if they were smart, they would have. One of them was referring to last year's field camp, and he said, you know, I listened to your shows after I came back from field camp, and you do give away all the answers. I can't believe not everyone listens. (laughs) So, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, eventually, we do have to get more people than our parents listening.
0: Uh, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Eventually, but they're still there, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> and then the other instance was explaining why engineers, um, why we get people who drop out of engineering and come to geology. And we say most engineers don't like us because it's not an exact science.
1: <laughs> oh, I have so many thoughts on engineers I, uh, <laughs> based on recent events. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's funny because in that same conversation, we were talking about you actually. And um, yeah, uh and someone was saying, well, he's basically an engineer that understands science too. I was like, "Mm,
1: yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go with scientist that understands engineering. (laughs) That feels a little better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like you don't have to take a shower right now. Just kidding. Engineers who aren't listening to us.
1: (laughs) Oh, we drove them away long ago.
0: That's right. (laughs) Basically with that tagline. So yeah. Uh, yep (laughs) um yeah it's been uh we're doing virtual field camp we're cranking through we're doing new stuff from last year which is really exciting and i think it's caused me to commit (sighs) to using more computers in my other classes
1: (laughs) okay so last year was the dash to get ready for virtual field camp
0: right Mm -hmm. does
1: that mean that it's working out well
0: It's working out differently. (laughs) I think it's working out well. Um, And this is something that we were talking about before the show, too, is that it's interesting to see the difference in everyone's comfort level and education. Education's not the right word. Basically, comfort level and proficiency in the online environment last year versus this year. (laughs) So, so
1: you would think being in the online environment for a year would lead uh-huh. to skill growth. Is that what you see?
0: Um, <laughs> I actually think that it has helped in terms of problem solving. And it's not.
1: <laughs> like, can you hear me? How about now? Yeah,
0: (laughs) Well, a a lot of it was so, um, as I am wont to do, because I cannot stand the yoke of schedules, I (laughs) changed my mind two days in about like what our next assignment was going to be. And so I said, I'm sorry. I know I said, I'd already given you all the software you have to download, but I want you to download this this other thing of software because I want to do this exercise. It looks really cool. We're going to do it based on our first three days. I think you guys would benefit from this. So I called an audible. We're going to do that. And inevitably, so it's, um, we, we've done virtual, we talked about like virtual video games on this before, and this is like a virtual video game. It's not Minecraft, but you walk around the world like it is Minecraft. It's so cool. It's the university of Leeds, um, put these virtual landscapes together, and they have several of them. But you have to download it, and so it works fine on Windows. It doesn't work on the Big Sur Mac operating system. There's workarounds uh-huh. for Catalina, and there's it works fine on the other ones because it was developed in like 2016, I think, and it hates Big Sur. <laughs> so I have, of course a quarter of the class is using Macs and there was a lot of, Oh, what do I do? And a lot of the, what do I do? Didn't start until after they'd already tried stuff, which was really nice. And I don't think that always happens. Um, <laughs> when I say, yeah, sort of the problem solving because the problem answered to most of the Mac people was they just found a windows machine to use. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It was just the easiest thing. We we were working with like crossover and all this other <laughs> stuff to try to get the, to try to get it to recognize. Um, and then all my students were like, I fixed it. I'm like, oh, great. Can you share? And they were like, ah, I just found a windows machine. <laughs> but I think the approach was still a little bit better. That's for sure. And I try to make everyone turn on their, their, um, cameras, which we didn't do last year. I did not see people last year at all. I I just assume everyone's moms took field camp. <laughs> so, you know, I
1: mean, yeah. we recently taught a online course and it was super discouraging teaching to mostly little squares with people's names in them.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm. That's that's exactly what it was. And last year like I was so frazzled and worried that everything was working that I just did it like that and hoped for the best. But this year everyone is much more engaged with the camera and talking and I have my class is twice as big as last year. And I thought that that would maybe keep that down, but it's not. They're they're much more engaged with the cameras on and they're used to it now, so it's not weird.
1: Yeah, I think everybody's over, like, the, oh, I forget to turn my camera off and pick my nose. Like, we've all seen (laughs) a ton of people pick their nose on Zoom. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. And it's like, I hate it because I'm still like, can you see my screen? (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) I have to do it because, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so that's really interesting. And we're using Slack again, which works super well. Like, I think that I may put together slacks for my other classes just to have on there
1: with automatic away times.
0: Mm. Absolutely. So my slack is on all the time for field camp and it is the only, I set up no notifications on my phone. Like the only notification Mm -hmm. that ever comes up on my phone is when my library books, when my holds on my library books come open (laughs) (laughs) like <laughs> wow that's the only notification i have on my phone yeah and so now though during field camp i allow slack to have notifications so i know during the day that students need help and man it just dings constantly i don't understand how people have like email notifications on their phone it sounds terrible
1: <laughs> i have email notifications for emails that google deems to be important
0: oh how's that algorithm working out for you
1: not too bad. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Every now and then a sales email gets through, but most of the time it's just people that have emailed me before or that I have emailed you know, in an active conversation in the last day.
0: I always count on that actually. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't do, I don't do any of that. i my new year's resolution to say no and protect my time is something that I am still vehemently adhering to. All right. Yeah. So that's good. But obviously, you know, during the virtual field camp. So I turn that Slack notification on and it just dings all the time. (laughs) But it's fun because I have students that are in um, the Middle East. Like three of my students are in different countries in the Middle East. Like they went home as soon as classes were over. And so the time difference is really funny. So it's funny to listen to them talk about, you know, having to be up at three o'clock in the morning for our afternoon meetings (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then when I like slack everyone at like 6pm at night here, I giggle and I'm like, (laughs) sorry, ladies. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. I will say it's more enjoyable because it's less stressful because I already did it. But it's also more enjoyable because I think the students knew what they were getting into. And, you know, I think they're already enjoying themselves. It's, interesting to me to be teaching in this time where you know giving the students the technology skills i think is a big deal and i don't know you know a a lot of schools are doing it but a lot of schools aren't so it's cool to be able to like give them those skills that they see their colleagues getting in other institutions
1: so do you use email at all for the course no okay
0: Mm -mm. why (laughs)
1: why (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm very curious because I've noticed anybody, hmm, I'm going to say about 23 and down, checking email is like going out and checking the USPS box for them. Gosh,
0: I haven't thought about that at all, but you're right.
1: Because I'll say, like, hey, you know, emailed this thing over, and they're like, what? It's like go check your email. Like, oh, oh, I have to log in. It's like what do you mean you have to log in? Like, I I live in the email client half the day, as terrible as it is right now.
0: Yeah. Oh. So what do you find that they want you? How how do you fax them stuff then?
1: <laughs> right. Um, really, it like I haven't done a ton with Slack in. These kind of settings yet, mm-hmm. but like text messaging, yeah, which yeah. I loathe. That's funny. I mean, I use it um, most of the time. I use voice dictation because I don't want to type something that takes five minutes to type that I could say in twenty seconds.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair um,
1: enough.
0: <laughs>
1: and most of my texts aren't like what time are we going to meet? Okay, great. like, you know, there. Okay. You find this resistor and follow the wire. That should be orange. (laughs) Like, you know, they're long. And I know we've talked about this offline before, but like the one way that you can get me to never come back to your medical practice is to text me to schedule (laughs) an appointment.
0: I just got a text from my eye doctor that said I was 3 days overdue for my yearly checkup and I was like, what the heck?
1: Yeah, no, call me.
0: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I
1: Healthcare costs enough in this country for you to pay somebody to call me <laughs> instead of a piece of software to text me.
0: Man, you old man, I love it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, we just ran into this today. I set up this is so dangerous and terrifying. So, I mm-hmm. set up a channel on our Slack, like within our field camp channel, that's called the Teacher's Lounge. <laughs> and so it's for, you know, me and my two TAs. And so we share stuff on there. File We share files on there that are, that scares me because I'm like, oh God, don't post this in general. Don't post it in general, <laughs> right? But it's the easiest way to do it. And so it's very interesting. And I think one of my TAs, the older, the two TAs by a decade. Um, I sent a bunch of files that way earlier. And he goes, this can't be everything you sent. He's like, just send, email me the zip. (laughs) Yep. And I said, they're all on there, dude. (laughs) I don't know what you're looking for. He's like, just email me the zipped folder. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not not that backwards. Like I I like Slack and I do want to, you know, move along with, with the times, but I just I can't handle text messaging as a replacement for what ninety percent of the time what needs to be phone calls in our business.
0: Do you remember? And maybe you maybe you were never around this. So Sprint for a while had voice messaging that was like a a voice text message essentially.
1: The walkie-talkie phones.
0: Yes. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And I am so surprised. I think that was before its time.
1: Oh, well, wait. Walkie talkies are the perfect form of communication.
0: (laughs) I was really hoping I was going to unlock a nerd soliloquy on this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. enlighten me (laughs) i don't need to be enlightened i agree but go ahead
1: (laughs) no i mean there's a reason that every construction worker on the face of the earth was walking around with those
0: i I, correct yeah so it was it was my brother-in-law who's a general contractor but then i had a few friends that had them and you know they used them all the time and i was like yeah this is a this is a thing right this is a good thing I certainly enjoy texting in my car because it is voice dictation and it does a pretty good job. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I use voice dictation 90% of the time other than when I'm texting you like, hey, 10 minutes to show. And you're like, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. That I might type. But really 90% of the time, if somebody texts me something, it's going to require a call at some point anyway. Or, you know, hey, I'm at the hardware store. Do we need anything?
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, a text message is pretty easy to go unnoticed. But if your phone goes, and you hear my voice go, I'm at the hardware store, do we need anything? and It works.
0: See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Surely that'll come back, right? You would think. I would think. I really would. But people enjoy texting, and I don't either. And everyone gets super mad at me, and I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books about like other people's expectations. And it's like, I try to set that expectation of I will not respond to you immediately. I'm not a slave to my phone. Right. (laughs) You know? And it's like, I'm not going to respond to you immediately. I'm not a slave to my phone. I'm not a slave to my email either. Don't check it that much. Don't want to. If you need me immediately. Yes, you should call me. If not, I'll get to your thing when I get to it.
1: Um, When you say don't check it that much, you mean like I don't check it every five minutes, not I don't check it (gasps) once a week.
0: Correct. (laughs) Correct. I would love to get to a a once-a-day schedule on email, but I don't know. We'll discuss this. This is something I'm planning. And I've got some plans in the works.
1: (laughs) Uh, See, I don't know because we have so many – Like, we're trying to order materials and, you know, we'll order something. supplier emails us a question. We need to get it back so it'll ship out same day. Like, we got enough time-sensitive stuff. I can't really do it. But
0: you have people, though. It's true. Do do you need to do it?
1: Fair. And Uh there's more and more stuff that gets handed off.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. And, like, I, I, I start everyone in these conversations. I'm sure I have said it on here. I've told the story twice this week. Napoleon Bonaparte would get his mail and he would let it set for three weeks before he opened it. Because by the time that three weeks was over, most of it had already sorted itself out. Hmm. And I love, I mean, I don't know if you want to use Napoleon as a. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Careful there
0: <laughs> to, to emulate success. <laughs> but I mean he was pretty successful. I but I love that. Like that's the same thing, right? Like it's the same thing as email. Like your email doesn't need to be responded to because you know if you respond to it right away, you're setting that expectation for everyone else. And in it, in the weeks where I'm like I'm really bad at this because obviously you give me crap about this too <laughs> and everyone does. I'm really bad at responding. I'm going to do really good. And so the day that I do really good is like the busiest day of my life. And I feel like at the end of that day, I have twice as much work because of how I responded. Right. So I don't know. I, I think about email probably too much, but <laughs> I also just saw <laughs> um, a reel on Instagram, which was this woman swimming in the Indian ocean. And I just assume it was one of the science things that I follow. And it wasn't. It was one of the sort of joke things that I follow. But she says, look, I'm out here swimming in the Indian Ocean. Isn't it beautiful? And I'm thinking about an email I have to write later. (laughs) And she said, this is living, people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible. And so I think there's a, yeah, there's a larger thing to be said about, you know, expectations in terms of that. So I don't know. It's a... It's an interesting thing. I've definitely started putting on my syllabus. I will answer emails always between 10 and 4, but never outside of that time. Like, you might get lucky and I do it, but don't expect it.
1: Well, so I have gotten to the point now where I'm trying to... Well, one, I don't want to set the expectation I'm going to respond to somebody's email at 11 p.m.
0: Yes, yes, correct.
1: Like you said, I might, but... I also don't want, because I experienced this, being a recovering <laughs> academic, I still have that crushing academic guilt
0: of uh-huh. yeah.
1: when somebody emails me at 10 o'clock at night, it's like, well, I sh- I should answer now. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to do that to other people. So in the treat others like you want to be treated vein, I have started making very extensive use of scheduling emails.
0: Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're, are you actually scheduling them to go out at certain times?
1: Yeah. So I write them, you know, maybe I do write it at 11 o'clock at night, but I scheduled to go out at like eight thirty the next morning.
0: What is this Gmail or is it yes. outlook? Okay. Um, I think this is exceptional and I hope everyone starts to do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, I, you know, I've been talking to my friend about this and she's in charge of a lot of people. And so she put like a tagline on her email that was like, you know, my email hours aren't yours. Don't feel the need to respond to me outside of business hours. But it's like, she's somebody's boss. And if I get an email from my boss and I see that, I it doesn't mean anything, right? I'm still going to respond to the email. right? And it's not even like, because as soon as you see it, you've got that guilt, so there's no way to get out of that. Like, there's no way to say this was not okay or "Or this is, you know, I'll think about this later. You already thought about it. It's already in your brain. So just not getting well, it at all is the way to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just because I live and breathe my business because I enjoy it mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean my employees do. Yeah. I mean, I I would like to think that they enjoy <laughs> what they do. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to burden them on a Saturday afternoon while they're out doing something uh, fun.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the fact that, you know, I'm
1: at the office working.
0: Yes. Even if it's not a burden, just receiving it to make them think about it, I think is inappropriate.
1: Yeah. And, so you you know, like you said, well, you got some people that can handle stuff for you now. It's true. And I will say that getting some of that stuff off my plate is nice. Uh, oftentimes I find the things that replace it are worse.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) Okay. Fair.
1: (laughs) And and not not saying that as anything, you know, it's not because, well, I passed it off and now it doesn't get done. No, it gets done. Great. Um, it's just like, okay, well now something else rushes (laughs) in to fill that time void. And it's generally something even more challenging to the point where it's like, well, now I don't have any brain dead tasks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can't even enjoy responding to email. (laughs) uh, Oh, that's a great, uh, that's great. So I haven't figured out how to use this delayed email thing on Outlook um, because I still like sign in on the web and whatever, but I just use my drafts folder as that. And that's what my other friend that runs (laughs) um, is in charge of a lot of people in the past, that's how she always did it too. She was like, I'll just keep this stuff in my drafts. And I know I never have drafts. So like first thing in the morning, I just send the stuff that's in my drafts folder.
1: Interesting. So my drafts folder is always quite full.
0: Oh, seriously. Wow. Oh, that's uh, very interesting. Mine is always empty because I use it for that purpose.
1: Yeah. Cause I'll start something and be like, no, I'm going to come back to that. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, I don't clean it out. Hmm. Uh, so sometimes it's fun to go back and look and see the fragments of ideas that I was thinking about. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Hmm. But I, I like
1: using the schedule send. Uh, yeah, it's great. I'm. Well, and so we also have, I guess this is a good time to say we've got uh, a summer intern. Awesome. At the shop now. So now there are four of us in the shop.
0: Is he also named John? I thought that was... Or at least he has a J name, right? A J
1: name, yes.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> just making sure. Uh,
1: oh. we, we have broken the red car trend.
0: Oh. Well, I hope you pay him enough to get a red car.
1: <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, no, no, he has a red car. It's just uh, one oh. of my other guys doesn't anymore.
0: Oh, oh, that's a bummer. Okay. God, that's um, ser- seriously, the new guy has a red car? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay because
1: uh, we, we literally had someone say once like i didn't know y'all's company fleet color was red and i was like these are all <laughs> privately owned cars <laughs> it just so happens that everyone that works here their name starts with a j and they all drive red vehicles oh my
0: that's amazing see i can't come work for you <laughs> i do have a red car but <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's awesome
1: um anyway so we've got a got a summer intern. Uh, we got all kinds of fun plans for him. Uh, some less fun, too. Uh, we've been running a lot of production, so he's got the, the experience recently of <laughs> making lots of things.
0: Um, That's great experience, though, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, put the metal in the mill, hit the button, wait two minutes, put more metal in the mill, hit the button.
0: <laughs> How noisy is it in there during the day?
1: Uh it depends on what's going on. Today there was the mill, the air compressor, the tumbler, welding, grinding, and the solder oven all going. It was quite noisy.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Um you needed hearing protection if you weren't in the office.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was that was my next question. And
1: that's okay. becoming the norm, which I like.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have those um, ages ago. I don't know if you even remember talking about this. Um, They had those OSHA approved um, earplugs, but they're also Bluetooth headphones.
1: Isotunes. I use mine all the time.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I do too. I still use them because I was like, maybe I need some cool Bluetooth headphones. I was like, I have them. I don't know why I will just put the, I'll take the little foam because they have like removable. You can have the little foam earplugs in, or you can just have like regular earplugs in. So I just put my regular ones on. I'm like, yeah, I love these things. They're fantastic.
1: I use them mowing the yard. I use them in the shop.
0: Yeah. They're super great. I use them drilling all the time. Um, Yep. Yeah. At the drill press or not, or yeah, it's really good. I use them at the racetrack. They're fantastic. So yeah. mm-hmm.
1: and we'll we'll talk more about some of the projects that we're going to have uh, going on with him this summer. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. As you assign him things from your draft folder of your email.
1: <laughs> right. Because uh, <laughs> we do have some pretty cool stuff planned. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of production right now. Like we normally our milling machine kind of. We'll use it for a few days and it might sit for a day or two and then. Okay, we got some more parts design. like, okay, let's make those real quick. Uh it has not run. I'm gonna say it's been running I, I turn it on when I get there between six thirty and seven in the morning and mm-hmm. run the warm-up cycle. And it runs pretty much continuously until five thirty. It has for the last three weeks and probably will for at least the next three. Oh wow. Wow. Uh I mean it is busy. We've been making barrels and barrels and barrels of chips.
0: Uh, that's awesome. What is the, what is the life cycle of that machine? Like how many runtime hours can you expect out of that monstrous piece of equipment?
1: I I mean, people get a decade out of them sometimes.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Uh, we've had ours for a year, but that, that a little over a year, year and a half, that first year was very light use.
0: Okay. Yeah. Learning everything uh, and picking up speed. Well,
1: and it was mostly just me at that point.
0: Ah, okay. And you were too busy with email. Though.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Versus now, you know, with several of us, it's like, okay, we can, or today it was doing really long. We had to make 15 of this part that each one runs for an hour.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's like that.
1: you put the part in, hit the go button and go do something else. And mm-hmm. Repeat. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Uh, that makes sense.
1: Versus, like you know, we got some lathe work coming up. That it's like you put the, you put the screw in the lathe, hit the go button, and about twelve seconds later, it's done, and you change the next one.
0: <laughs>
1: Rinse and repeat a few hundred times.
0: Oh man, I mean, I just imagine that you guys are going to start building robots to do this soon, and I'm thinking about how weird it's going to be to have robots in there working with you.
1: Oh, we talked about so we have one, <clears throat> I one project in particular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that
1: uh, there's been a significant interest in. Mm-hmm. And we had to, like, I think in the lifetime of the product, we may have made 50 or so. Okay. And we had to scramble at almost 400.
0: <gasps> Yowza.
1: Uh, we were seriously debating, like, how many tens of thousands of dollars does it have to be to get a robot?
0: <gasps> wow.
1: Because okay. it's a pretty long run time, but it's not long enough. hmm Like, with two two vices set up in our mill, we could uh, hit the go button, and it would run for, like, 30 minutes, maybe. Okay. And then somebody would have to go tend to it. Hmm. Versus if we set it up with a robot... Where we give it a stack of metal and the machine just runs 24-7. Yeah. <sighs> until the parts are done. Now, we looked at that and went, right, well, okay, it can be, you know, five to eight days of us or three days of a robot. And like, oh, uh, yeah, okay, it's not worth, it's not right. worth spending that much money right now, On but it could robot. get there.
0: Are you going to buy one of those little robot dogs? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? What, what if you want... The other J-named dude to hand you something he was across the shop. He to give it to the <laughs> robot dog. <laughs> right?
1: I mean, we, I'm very
0: disappointed in you now.
1: <laughs> we looked pretty hard. And even buying used, it, it was going to be a struggle to do it for under about 30000
0: Okay. Yeah. That's a bunch, I guess. I
1: was like, you can pay somebody for a he lot used. of days. Mm-hmm. for 30,000. 30,000 <laughs> <Yeah>, That's true.
0: <laughs> that's very true. I'll be over there in a minute. I'm just a, you know, low low, low lowly professor. <laughs> <laughs> huh, that's very interesting. That's a, uh, yeah. Um
1: and you know, oh, we've go got ahead. those uh well, we've got those kits like we talked about doing the squeeze boxes uh-huh. and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um those have picked up sales, sim. Great. I think people are getting ready to come back into the classroom next year.
0: Yes. Yeah. We're officially, actually, as of last week, we're officially, like, no masks and anything on campus. Oh, so. wow. hmm So, as soon as field camp started, they lifted all the restrictions that I went so hard, fought so hard to get around to have field camp. <laughs> right. <So>. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
1: So, anyway. I think we're, we're going to develop some more. Maybe some of them field-based, some of them classroom-based. hmm And uh, I think we're probably going to make a mega squeeze box.
0: Oh, <gasps> yes. Okay, so how big? So, Zev had a pretty big one, but how big are you talking?
1: Mm, probably two to three feet. Yes. I'm really excited. <laughs> uh It was semi-commissioned. Okay. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. we would be really interested in a quote on this thing. Awesome. Uh, And so we sort of put some stuff together. Yeah, we think we could do it. And it'd be about this, assuming that we're going to sell a few. Uh, I think it would be a cool project, though.
0: Oh, I couldn't. Oh, I would love to see that in action. I mean, I love the tabletop one, but the thought of, like, getting to use a big one in a higher level class, you know, that'd be fun.
1: Yeah. And maybe even having it as a, you know, here's a big one that everybody can see and then you go to your lab with your little tabletop one.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. that's Because we have had good success
1: with the tabletop uh, in classrooms. We've got three or four universities that are using it now.
0: That's awesome. That's super cool. That's a lot of media though to... Pump it full of.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> that's the other problem is like, it's already going to be heavy. And once you put sand in it, it's going to oh, be about yeah. 400 pounds.
0: Yeah. There's no moving that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That'll be really fun.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're working on a big machine for somebody right now that it's sort of been the same way of, as it gets built, it just gets heavier and heavier as more metal gets welded on and bolted oh. on.
0: <laughs>
1: and yep. it's it's going to be at the point next week where it's time to get the forklift out to move it
0: <laughs> uh, that's always fun um we've been moving a lot of engines around lately and that's yeah it's good stuff um <laughs> when you have to get the forklift or the engine hoist we we move everything with engine hoist at my house so
1: uh, yeah, so at the shop, we do everything with the forklift or the scissor lift. Mm, the scissor lift. That's a really good one, too. <laughs> but yes, at the house, uh, we don't have such niceties. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. loading a forklift on a trailer is really hard
0: because um, they're so heavy. Yeah.
1: Most trailer floors won't support it.
0: Won't support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love or you, you can
1: have machine where we lift the scissor lift onto a trailer with the forklift. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so something that I wasn't planning on, like, bringing up on the show, but I totally should. So I um, – we have different universities that come out and use our field camp, you know, and obviously I talk to these professors, too. And one of them said, hey, what do you do for Jacob staffs? While we're talking about classroom stuff, Um he said, what do you do for your Jacob staffs? Like, we're, we're going to redo ours. And I was just throwing something out there. You can't really buy many online. And I was like, ours are real simple. You know, it's just a red and white English unit. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Stick. <laughs> um, that has like a wing nut with a level and you just adjust your Brunton to your dip and you lock it down with the locking wing nut there. And I said, why are you thinking about using lasers? I've thought about putting lasers on mine. And he sent me this thing. And he's like, I'm thinking of 3D printing these things. (laughs) And I guess somebody put out this, um, these plans for this 3D printed thing that you can stick on your Jacob staff. I'm sending you a picture of it now, just so you know. Um, (laughs) And what it does is, so Jacob staff for those that may not know what it means, it's like the step We've talked about it on the show before. So it's this staff that you have and you have to set the, the level on the staff to equal the dip of your rocks. And then it's like this magic mathematical stick that can figure out the thickness of dipping beds. <laughs> it is.
1: <laughs> it's a stick that sort of does trig.
0: <laughs> it totally does trig. There's no sort of about this. Um, And I always say it's a magical math stick. (laughs) But um, So some universities in our state that shall remain unnamed, (laughs) they don't even have like the wingnut level. They just like literally rubber band the Brunton to the side of a Jacob staff, which is terrifying because you're rubber banding this $400 thing. Um, you know, so you could get this laser and stick on it, but this thing (laughs) is this 3d printed tray that supports, like it goes onto your stick and it has this cradle that holds your phone. And also within this 3d printed piece, there's a little screw that goes down on a laser pointer. Hmm. Yeah, and so the phone, you know, you can figure out your um, you can figure out your inclination on the phone, and then you can use your laser pointer to do stuff. So this little thing just goes on this round stick, and it's just a three D printed back bracket. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Looking at it, it could be. I would machine it as three D printing would make me nervous with a very expensive phone.
0: So this is what he was talking about too. And he was like, you know, we have a fabrication lab at OU, which is so cool. If this was here when you were here, I don't think you would have graduated at all. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> right. just would have been in there. Um, and my, <laughs> my TA Steve uses it constantly. He's down there all the time, just making stuff. Um, and so this is something like I could have students go do, which I think would be kind of cool just so they can do their own. But he said, he's like, you know, I'm, he said he was worried about the 3d printed stuff, just not even lasting that long. So maybe it wouldn't even be worth it. Right. So I don't know how you feel about looking at these and dealing with 3d printed stuff. If you think that that would survive the field for more than a year or so. No. Okay. <laughs> that was the consensus.
1: So we had, uh, I have a project right now that requires a float, like to measure fluid level. Uh-huh. And so just real quick prototype, we 3D printed one. It sunk. <laughs> <laughs> Worked great for a couple, couple of trial runs and then filled oh. with water and sunk.
0: Oh, that's so uh, sad. <laughs>
1: I mean, they're great for prototyping. They're not particularly UV resilient. Right. And they're not forgiving in the field. And given how much field equipment gets abused. Yeah. Like 3D printing it to do a, a test. Like, oh, yeah, okay, this works or this doesn't, or I need to change it. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, I don't. I don't see it lasting. I mean, especially in the field. If, if you it was 3d printed, I would feel like you have to baby it and anything you have to baby in the field
0: yeah, not gets good. tossed. Mm-hmm. Including babies.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That well, that was, that was part of the discussion was maybe this isn't
1: robust enough. So you're saying that we need to machine some version of this now,
0: man, I'm just showing you a thing. <laughs> All right. What you do with that information is up to you. But I may have some buyers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always torn because I don't know if I want to give people laser levels because it seems like it takes a lot of time and effort out of the job of using a Jake staff if you have a laser level.
1: <laughs> I'm going to flip to the other side of the old man coin now, though. <laughs> uh, not B, <be. clears throat> Which is... <laughs> Uh, just because we had to do something in a miserable, slow way doesn't I mean know. anyone else should have to.
0: I know. I know. And I feel this way is about Brunton's, too. Because everyone now, like, almost, yeah, a large amount of people don't even take Brunton's in the field anymore.
1: And, I was I was just uh, discussing how we used to have to put acetate sheets over, like, an oscilloscope. Yeah.
0: hmm
1: <laughs> And trace it or take a Polaroid.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And people thought I was crazy. (laughs) I remember doing this.
0: (laughs) So I felt really old today when um, one of our office staff said we were talking, this is completely off the subject, but also funny, said that she gave her dad a PowerPoint presentation when she was like 13 to convince him to let her get her cartilage pierced on her ear. (laughs) And I said,
1: what? (laughs)
0: Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it's okay. Like, it's okay to give some of this up. I think I found this out the last time that we were in person at field camp, where my students like doing stuff on paper. And, in fact, they they all elected to not take GPSs out. <laughs> yeah, Insane. it was really funny. <laughs> yes, because there was a gr- – so, KU uses exclusively mini iPads to map, right? So, their director – came up with Straybo Spot. We'll totally have him on the show, Doug Walker, Um, which is this app and it's going to be exclusively Mac, which is too bad, but whatever. That's how it is. Um, And it's a mapping app. And so like, they don't even have Bruntons or anything. And I was like, how do you, how do you do cross sections? He's like, "Ah, we still have to hold a piece of paper up to the Mac to do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But you know, I, I, there's a there's a common ground, which I guess is what I'm getting to with this whole conversation and talking about, like, people's comfortability with technology is that we're in that time period, I think, where this stuff does need to get melded. Like, I don't know how to use an Allade to make a topo map. I don't need that anymore.
1: <laughs> right.
0: You know? So, yeah, maybe a laser level that costs... Two bucks at PetSmart. (laughs) Every student would buy that if I told them to.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I'm trying to get better about. um, I've caught myself several times recently. Like I'll take notes on a notepad of like I'm testing some piece of equipment and take pictures with my phone. And I got to rip the pages out of the notebook and scan them and upload the pictures. And all goes into Google Drive because I have to retain that for records for whatever the project is. I'm like, I am holding a $1,300 iPad with an Apple Pencil. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Why am I using an app to scan these papers and then take and do all where I, I can do it all right here? Uh, so I've been trying to be better about that.
0: Oh, well, so this is a whole nother show then. We've just set ourselves up for next week because I just bought the newest Samsung tablet to do that same thing. So I bought the super fancy tablet. I want it to integrate with my phone. It's got the pencil. It's yeah. Yeah.
1: Now I will say too, though, we tried a digital time tracker at work Mm -hmm. of like, you know, you clock in and out of projects on it and it has all the projects listed. Okay. Complete failure.
0: Because people walk away and do different stuff so often or what?
1: Somewhat that, somewhat you just forget to change it. And I thought, well, you know, okay, that'll, we'll get used to it. And Mm -hmm. I'm not putting this on employees. I was potentially the worst offender. (laughs) um, Of, you look down at your phone when you go to bed and you're like, I've been clocked into the project that I started at nine this morning, (laughs) since nine this morning. And I know I did 20 other things. Uh, So what we do, and this is a stupid burden on me, but I made a little sheet that everybody gets one every morning. It's got the workday chunked up into 15-minute blocks, and you write what time you started working on a project and draw a line until you stopped. At the end of the day, I total everybody's and add it to a spreadsheet for the projects.
0: That is so interesting,
1: because the the policy is you can't walk out the door until I'm holding it and it's filled out.
0: <laughs> you're not getting your red card until I've got your card,
1: <laughs> and it. I do it for me too, mm-hmm. yeah. and it forces us because okay, if it's something less than fifteen minutes, it's not worth tracking. Right. That's the other yeah, thing that in the app. Like if you got really crazy about it, you'd like spend more time switching what you're doing in the app hmm Than you did doing mm-hmm. it. Yep. And it also that, lets wow. you look at your day as it's going along, and be like, oh, whoa, whoa, I gotta get a control on this day. Like if I'm writing a new thing every two or three lines, like this is not an efficient day.
0: Mm. Okay. So I know you're a getting things done person, and I haven't read that yet. Um does he talk about time management in that manner? In there, like Absolutely that. You need not. okay. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Oh, interesting. He's very
1: anti time management.
0: Oh man, I've read a couple of books that are like you need to take like a week and do that, like write down what you do like that, and then you can figure out like holes in your day. Like you just said, if I've written down five things in the past twenty minutes, like this isn't good. I'm not focusing.
1: And well, and I'm really bad about that, too, because I'm will i excited about, you know, six projects right now. Right. Yeah. And I want to do all of them
0: mm-hmm. now. Right.
1: So instead of doing anything much on one, I do 30 minutes worth of work on each of them. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't end well. So when I start seeing that pattern happen, it's like, okay, pick one. Sit down. Focus.
0: Right. But if you didn't see that pattern because you weren't writing it down, you know.
1: And I mean, I love the time tracking app that we were using. It, it was great. I could run reports. I could instantly see how much time we had in a project, but it just didn't work. And I even asked the guys, I was like, Hey, you know, we've done paper for a while. Do we want to go back and try this? And it was unanimously. no. <laughs>
0: That's interesting. That's very interesting.
1: Now, the other thing Mm. I like about it is I keep a box now uh, that says, you know, 2020 X time logs. Right. And if somebody ever wanted to say, hey, we're auditing you because we don't think something's right here. like I can produce the time log filled out by the employee Mm -hmm. for every day of that year.
0: Yep. That's true. That's very true. This feels like a specialized notebook situation.
1: (laughs) It it does. Uh, You know, right now we just print out all of our, I print out like 50 at a time because you think about it, we're going through 20 a week.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: And put them in a folder out there. And yeah, it, it sucks that at the end of every day, I got to sit there and total up and count squares, but, (laughs) but it works.
0: When I did my survey of like, a whole how people are productive and track their time. I just did this amongst like friends and other faculty members just for my own sake. Cause I'm a nerd like this. And there was someone who had a very elaborate time tracking system and that is exactly what it consisted of. But she took it one step further and had colored Sharpies that matched the project <laughs> So when she looked at her 15-minute block page, she could tell by the color of the Sharpie which one she was working on.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, like, if if I write on anybody's time card, like, no bill for that day, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. But if you get three or four no bills in a row, you got to go, what are we doing?
0: Yeah, now you're costing me money, so.
1: Well, and it it may be fine because maybe we're doing an internal project, like we're doing a product development cycle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's fine, uh, but it, it sort of keys you up to that. Oh yeah, like what are what are we ignoring to do this right now?
0: Right, somebody else better be not getting no bill on
1: there. So. Uh, and we're you know we just did a big rearrangement because we need to build another shop, and with the cost of building materials, that's not happening right now. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I'd be better to uh, invest in exotic cars. Um, so we're, we are we got to make this space work for probably 18 to 24 months. Because mm-hmm. even if the cost of materials comes down in, let's say, 12, it's going to take another 6 to 12 to build. You're right. Um, so we did a pretty big rearrangement. And yeah, that was... A day, day and a half of everybody no bill. Mm-hmm. But it had to happen. Uh, right. And I think we're glad we did it.
0: That's cool. I, that's a that's a really neat thing. I, I've often, I think about her management of doing that and think I probably need to do that too. Just to identify time sucks. Because it's like, I know email's a time suck and stuff, but I definitely probably have... A lot of time sucks. I could get rid of by paying attention to that, at least for like a week or so. Yeah, I
1: don't total. Like, I might total on the time card, like email or some project that's not billable.
0: Right. But I don't log that. Like,
1: I don't have a log of, you spent this many hours on email this year, because I would cry. Uh,
0: uh, Yes, but at least you can, like, look at the last week and be like, okay, maybe I need to back off.
1: Exactly. Of whatever. I, I just... I I track in depth the billable things. Everything else is more of a guideline. Just for
0: your own. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So saying that about building materials, um, something happened this last week that I'm shocked hasn't happened yet. Um, My son and his buddy put a baseball through our plate glass window.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh
0: Uh-huh. And so it's double-paned, and it was just the outer pane, which was interesting. (laughs) But also, I my husband called me and he's like, You know, I need you to come home. I to deal with this, you know. And I said, Okay. And then I said, Well, you might as well just line it with diamonds because God knows we can't afford plywood to put up. <laughs> <So>. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's rough out there.
1: <laughs> it, it, it is
0: oh, unbelievable. We were
1: looking at putting some new benches in the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to because um, we got these kind of rickety things right now. And we're, we're talking about building mega bench.
0: <laughs> out of like slate and...
1: <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're trying to figure out how to do it. And we haven't run the full cost comparison yet, but so far it looks like it's cheaper to weld it out of steel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> to buy four by fours and plywood. That's right.
1: <laughs> and I would prefer that personally.
0: Oh, yeah. I was going to say that's, um, that's what my husband's been doing. There, are two steel benches out there right now. <laughs>
1: So Steam we main. bought for a project, a four foot by eight foot sheet of half inch cold rolled a 36 steel.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's $1,200. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: And that same amount of plywood would be 12,000. <laughs> <Right. laughs> oh, that's crazy. Maybe we need to just like go out into the middle of the ocean and just float around to let all of our, uh, let all of our stress go. <laughs>
1: right yeah and the question if we do that would be how do we know where we are which brings us to everybody's favorite segment of the show fun paper friday
0: yay man i've been waiting for a good like place to put in a segue for that
1: yeah because this is not at all what we planned to talk about on this show this was supposed to be like the first 10 minute intro So sorry about that. Uh, We have an interesting show planned and you'll get that next week.
0: I think this was an interesting show too. (laughs) Uh,
1: So this paper comes to us from listener Daryl. Thanks, Daryl.
0: Thanks, (laughs) Daryl.
1: And it is how a harbor seal sees the night sky by Malk et al.
0: Um, And this is in marine mammal science. (laughs) And this is, um, Interesting, mostly for the the experimental apparatus. In my, opinion. I love it so much.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this, is like, it's like a two thousand. Okay, what is this? It's two thousand and five. So you know, somebody drew this, which is the best. But yes, so just what it says: How do harbor seals see the night sky? And I learned a word in the abstract. Um, oh no, in the introduction, petty peds, what are they called yeah is that right is that the word I'm looking for that I, I, are like I think that's what you're
1: looking for, seals
0: yeah. and walruses um yeah so harbor seals obviously sort of stay close to home but they do range out for days at a time it says like 45 kilometers away out into the ocean and so they say how do How do they find their way back to shore when you're out in the middle of nowhere, especially due to their weird eyeballs?
1: Yeah, they're designed to work underwater with different refractive index fluid, not on the surface.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once they get out there, what are they supposed to do? Um, And so they say, well, they probably use the stars, but they can't use them like people would or like birds do because they're weird, weird eyeballs. So how do we test whether they can even see them see enough of them to navigate by
1: yeah and this is always fascinating to me that animals can use the stars to navigate
0: yes mm-hmm. remember when uh, we did that dung beetle one about the stars
1: yeah like, yeah it, it just blows my mind the, the level of ingrained intelligence
0: Hmm. yeah yes dung beetles and use Navig... Penny Peds, that's what it's called. Yeah, dung beetles use the stars, so why wouldn't harbor seals? Yeah.
1: And, yeah, so how do you tell if a seal can see a star or not? That's... <laughs> that is the question. And this...
0: <laughs>
1: man, they have to have used the barred napkin sketch.
0: Exactly. <laughs> because this
1: was some alcohol-infused... <laughs> Engineering. It looks
0: so funny. And if you just think of seals as like sea dogs, like it's even funnier. Cause like you've seen your dumb dog like lick the inside of a yogurt carton or something, right? And then back up and the carton's stuck on its head and it's like looking straight up. That's what this is, but with a seal and a fake telescope.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you get a, a big tube. That a seal can stick its head in and kind of seal the light <laughs> behind it out with its head. <laughs> <laughs> um and you put a set of sights on it so you, the experimenter, can line it up to point at stars. And then you spend up to three sessions a night training these seals <laughs> to withdraw and slap when they see a point of light and to not when they don't.
0: I love it. Um, We say train these seals. Specifically, Nick the seal.
1: Yes. (laughs) Who had been used in other experiments, but had not been used in visual experiments, so he was, quote, experimentally naive.
0: (laughs) He's like, this ain't my first seal telescope rodeo. No oh, wait, it is. Um, they call it the SEAL telescope, obviously. Um, so they <laughs> they had a larger piece that they put to like put to test this using artificial stars, right, during the during the training phase and stuff. I thought that was that was interesting as well. But I mean, SEALs can see stars. Not a ton of stars, but they can see stars.
1: Yeah, magnitude four point four, something like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: And they did, my first question, because that that calibration apparatus, if you will, Mm -hmm. that has a light source and then some systems to make the light beams parallel, looking like an artificial star, or, well, looking like a star would, because they're very far away, so all light comes in parallel. Uh, And they had filters to simulate different magnitudes, which they calibrated with a, what I can only assume to be a very expensive astrophoto camera. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. they had a shutter and they said, well, okay, we pulled the shutter out and trained the seal to withdraw and slap. And I was like, well, it could be the shutter sound, mm-hmm. but no, because then they had a bunch of fakey tests where they wouldn't turn the light on and would pull the shutter
0: <laughs> and train ah. the seal to ignore <laughs> that sound. Uh, brilliant. Sea dogs. They're brilliant.
1: <laughs> yeah. So with this seal telescope and the coolest figure, Is one where they said, well, okay, look, seals can't see near as many stars and their vision is going to be more blurred.
0: Mm -hmm. So here's what you can
1: see. And here's what we think a seal can see.
0: I thought this was really cool too. I I hope this is done for a lot of other mammals because I want to, I would like to see this. Remember that one paper that we did about pupil shape? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's With what I thought about. With or something? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they got those weird horizontal pupils. Yeah. It was like, how do you want to polarize your radar, basically, is how I viewed it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, because they had the minus sign shape.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think this would be so cool. Like, that's what I thought about when, when I saw this. It's like, oh, I want to see this for all kinds of weird pu- pupil shapes. But what was interesting about this was that – Even though they say, hey, do SEALs navigate by starlight? That's actually not what they're testing. They're just testing whether they can see
1: stars or not. Right, because if they couldn't, well, there goes that hypothesis.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And a little bit of me is like, oh, well, I feel a little bit let down based on the title of this paper. (laughs) Right. Well, not the title of the paper. Based on the keyword, which was (laughs) astro-navigation.
1: Yeah, it's possible. We don't know, though.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Correct. But this is super cool, and that figure is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that's really neat. And you're right that that figure also where they have the this is how a seal sees. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you've ever been out in the ocean, it's there's nothing
0: terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so I, I, I've got to wonder now, like what you could do if you put a seal in like a, um, what do you call those domes or the IMAX?
0: Yes. Okay. Like projected so,
1: different star patterns.
0: So that's what they did for the dung beetles. Remember? Obviously you didn't need yeah. IMAX because they were smaller. So that's what they did is they like rotated how the night sky would normally be and it messed them up. It was very interesting.
1: Yeah. So there you go. You need uh SeaWorld IMAX to be repurposed.
0: Or you just need to get a little Oculus for the seal, I guess. <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: there you go. VR for the seal.
0: Somebody's working on that right now.
1: <laughs> there, there's your next startup idea, folks. There you go.
0: Well, I'll, send a, I'll send you an email with it in it, okay?
1: <laughs> yes, please. Well, if uh, you have developed... The Oculus for your favorite mammal (laughs) or have collected data on the minimum magnitude of visual acuity of such a mammal. We would love to see that along with your star charts and experimental methods. Shannon, how can they get a hold of us?
0: (laughs) Send us your figures, please. Show at don'tpanicgeocast.com. We're on Twitter at don'tpanicgeo. John is at geo underscore Lehman. I'm at Shannon Doolin. I'm back in the Slack. So if you guys want to get in there, please do so. We're on the software underground on the Don't Panic channel. And as always, thank you to our Patreon supporters for keeping us going. If you would like to... To support us on patreon you may do so patreon.com slash don't panic geo
1: and even though the national science foundation hires an auditor to make sure that we say we are not affiliated (laughs) until next week don't panic
0: it's not an exact science
1: Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies. <laughs> you got to get that intense piano. I was waiting for a good opportunity to use it, but we just haven't had one.
0: I think if you would have said it right after I said floating out on... All alone in the sea.
1: Oh, that would have been perfect. It
0: would have been perfect. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll see what else we got here.
0: Oh, that sounds like an acoustic version of our intro for a minute.
1: <laughs> right.
0: That's a good one.
1: Nice. Yeah, we'll have to. We we need to add some more soundboards in here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this thing is so great. Yeah. <laughs> so great.